Hello, everybody. Welcome uh, once again as we continue on a new series we started three weeks ago now that I'm calling Vineyard Verses. And what we're hoping to do in this series is uh, work through some passages of Scripture together that I believe are um, absolutely foundational to our walk with Christ and that I want to take time to go over them and encourage you week by week to memorize them so that you have them readily available in the midst of your days and that the Holy Spirit can just sort of, you know, remind you of them in situations that you go through. And uh, they're, they're very helpful, you know, to, to have these things, you know, deeply sort of imparted into us um, in our lives. And so I've selected, you know, a group of uh, passages of Scripture that I think are really, really important. Um, they, they're very important to me, and I think they will extend to all of you as well, and to what we're called to, and to our mission, and all those other things. And so we, you know, trying to get you to remember, and if, you know, if you've been coming, we, this is Vineyard Verses, right? Two V's, and, and that we completely made up that symbol, hand sign. Nobody else has ever used it ever. And, uh, and people, oh, you stole that from Star Trek, and actually Leonard Nimoy took it from Jewish history, because it was half of a symbol of the priestly blessing that had been going on forever, because that looks like the Hebrew letter uh, Shin, which is where Shaddai comes from. And the priest would hold up this hand sign as they prayed over uh, the priestly blessing over people. May the Lord bless and keep you. Another prayer, you know. Anyway, we took half of that back. And uh, that's our vineyard verses. And it goes along with 521 and all the other stuff. I've done all that. So um, that's all to help you remember, you know, to do that every week. And, and I'm encouraging you to memorize verses now. So we're three weeks in. If you haven't started with the first two verses, not too late because they're not really long verses. You can go back and you can just start every week, um, you know, memorizing verse and then adding it through so that by the end of um, our time together, you will, you will have this memorized. You'll have it in you and you can do it. And so we're looking at Hebrews 10. We'll get there in a minute, 19 through 25. Uh, and so, so far, you know, we started that first week. Therefore, brothers, brothers and sisters, um, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, that was week one, and then in week two, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body. And so that was last week, and we, we talked about how amazing all this is, that we have access to the very presence of the living God, into the most holy place, the throne room of God, because of what Jesus has done. And <clears throat> we talked about last week the curtain being torn, you know, when Jesus died on the cross and what that means to us and how our hope is found in there. And so we've been taking time to dig through these verses together and, and how important they are. And, uh, you, you, my, uh, my morning devotional starts with those verses. Every day I remind myself of those things because I, I want to know that, you know, the access to the most holy place, it changes my perspective. When I understand I'm, I, I have access to the, the throne room of God, everything looks different from there, and it helps me to negotiate the day, and I have to remind myself all day long that I'm, I'm, I have access and, and I'm allowed in there. Uh, and because of what Jesus has done. And this, these are amazing things for us to hang on to and to reflect. Today we're going to dig into the next verse uh, in, in 1021. And we're going to talk about um, Jesus. And uh, I, like, I like saying that. Hey, we're going to talk about Jesus this week. But I talk about Jesus every week. but Because uh, uh, that's the deal, right? That's, that's what we're here for. And, um, but I love to think about him. Uh, and uh, we're going to talk about him some more in just a moment. So um, that's the intro transition I never started my timer so this is all bonus time now for me <laughs> yay um, 
Okay, okay, so I have some, some interactions between a teacher and some students, okay? So we'll see how this goes. So the teacher says, hey, Maria, why don't you go to the map and point out where America is? So Maria gets up, she walks over, and she goes, here it is. And the teacher says, well, that's correct. Now, class, who discovered America? And they all go, Maria. <laughs> I liked it. Teacher says, hey, Glenn, how do you spell crocodile? Glenn says, K-R-O-K-O-D-I-A-L. The teacher says, no, that's wrong. And Glenn says, well, maybe it's wrong, but you asked me how I spell it. <laughs> that's, that's better, right? Yeah. That, I, that was a good one yesterday, too, but I, I got this other one, so I'm going to use it. So teacher says to Robert, what's the chemical formula for water? And Robert says, H-I-J-K-L-M-N-O. Teacher said, what? what in the world are you talking about? And he said, well, yesterday you said it's H2O. Uh, All right, actually, I'd like to end on a groan. Here we go, scripture reading, <laughs> Hebrews 10, 19 <laughs> through 25. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest, over the house of God. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Blessed be the word of the Lord. I want to dig in today to verse 21, since we have a great priest over the house of God. Now, um, obviously we're talking about Jesus here as our great priest and what he's done. And I often think about that word great, and I think it's, it's a, that's a really good word, but it's not enough. Sometimes I feel like great's limiting when, when I think about Jesus because he's, he's more than great, and I don't, we, don't have a, you know, we don't have a good word for that. And I think you know, a word that describes Jesus probably should have a lot of syllables. Don't you ever feel like that? That you want something with a lot more sort of something to it. And yet, um, he, he's great in, in so many ways. He's beyond great. And, and so I want to talk about Jesus today. I want to look at uh, uh, some, some scripture about Jesus today, mostly again by the writer of Hebrews as we dig into this because he's making these comparisons. Remember that when Hebrews was written, the, the writer of Hebrews was writing to a group of uh, Jewish Christians who were facing such persecution that apparently they were talking about going back uh, and, and uh, to where, where they'd come from to, to before their time in Christ. And, and um, the writer of Hebrews is telling them, look, you can't go back because you know better and you know the truth and you know that, that what Jesus has done has, you know, is so much better than the system before it that there's no way you can even begin to think about going back. And so he's making all these comparisons about the way things were and now how things are in Jesus. And he's making comparisons to the old sort of Levitical priesthood and to this new priesthood that's in Jesus. And... and um, what Jesus has done is amazing for all of us. Uh, and and it's, so I just think it's important when we say those words, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, and you know we're the household of God, his family, since we have this great priest, Jesus, we need to, to just be aware of and think about all the time how many things he's done for us 
and what that looks like. And what he continues to do is he prays for us and intercedes for us and lives for us and all those things. But a big one is this, that in Christ, we have a great priest who, point number one, is able to sympathize with us. This is huge. We have a great priest in Christ who is able to sympathize with us. He gets us. He understands us. Hebrews 4, 15 and 16 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. He sympathizes with us. He understands us. He knows what it's like to live in this world. He, he, he understands our struggles. He gets us. Now, he, 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 he experienced it all. Think of it. He took on flesh and experienced everything that we experienced, yet was without sin. He never gave into it. But he experienced. He knows what it feels like to be us. And this is really important for you to know. Because if you don't think that Jesus understands you when you're going through difficulties and struggles and dealing with sin, you know, it's the same sort of, all, all those things working together. Um, if you don't think that Jesus gets you, you will have a tendency to run away from him uh, thinking, well, I, you know, I've got to go work it out before I can get to him or, I'm, you know, I'm, there's too much guilt or shame to deal with it. Instead of being able to go, no, he understands what it's like to be. I need him now more than ever. I need him in the midst of this. I need him in my brokenness. I need him in my struggles. I need the grace and mercy that he promises to me in my time of need. And, and if you get and remember that he understands you, that that's who Jesus is, you'll go running to him in, in your struggles instead of running away from him. And we all got struggles. That's a nice word. We're all dealing with stuff still. Our brokenness, our sin, it's in our face. You know, we're, if we're honest, we, we work on things. I'm, it's funny, over the years, uh, you know, I've always talked to, and, I, and I'll get to this spot, and I'll start to describe some of mine, you know, within, within reason. I certainly don't want to, you know, bear all that mess in front of everybody. But, but one of the things that I often think about is down here is um, my, my driving style. And, you know, I would have to say to you that, that since I've been sort of talking about that more, it's gotten way better. Really, that was one of the areas, I, you know, so I've slowed down. I try and take it easy, but I still have some issues. And, um, and generally, they're reduced to, and I'm doing way better than this now, but they're reduced to places where people who are driving around me, when I know that they know they should be doing something correctly and they're not, it frustrates me a little. Uh, and, and so, you know, uh, so like there's a couple of spots where this sort of continually happens, and I, I think it's funny, funny that I, I'm always in those, in those spots. But like one of them is when you're leaving Key West, if anybody's ever driven there, and you have to go to this traffic light to get out of town, right? There's one big traffic light there on the way in and on the way out. And when you're leaving town, it's usually pretty busy down there. And so, so my understanding of the right thing, which we talk about here, yours might be different and that's okay. But my understanding would be that since I know I have to make a left of that light, I need to get over into the left lane, especially when I see that that left lane is already backing up because everybody else is doing the right thing and getting over into the lane um, in the process. Now, some of you may think, well, that lane is just for chumps. And, uh... <laughs> Look at those losers over there. That's what my thinking is. And they zoom by in the other lane, and I watch them, and then they force their way in at the end, and it's like life always works for me. Here we go. So there was a time 
when I would have made it my mission <laughs> to make sure there was no possible space for any of those people by the time they got up there, even if it meant me keeping my vehicle in a dangerous spot so there was no avenue, to the point of like driving on somebody's bumper like an inch away so there was no possible breathing room, which caused my stress level up because I really had to watch the person in front of me, at the same time keeping a blinder in place to never look for someone like looking for permission, which they don't do usually anyway, but I wasn't going to give it. <clears throat> it happens here on Big Pine too at the line because now there's a right lane keeps going through and everybody that's been here knows it and the left lane has to merge over and <laughs> when they, they, if I, they look at you when you're in the proper lane they start looking at you like it's your problem <laughs> I'm running out of lane here <laughs> yes, you are. You should do something about that. I'd break if I were you. Because <laughs> I'm speeding up. So, so now, I say that, and that's like the, the, you know, trust me, I got way worse things going on. But I get that, and I'm, I'm dealing with, and you know, it's so crazy out there. I just slowed down. Lots of mercy and grace, because we all need it, and they need it. Everybody needs it. Maybe, maybe nobody's really thinking like that, and I'm putting that on them, and they're just flowing. It's just happening. But, you know, but I, I think back and I go, but I'm pretty sure that, that, that Jesus wouldn't do that. Um, that would be my hope. But I think he understands why I do. <laughs> and I, I think because of that, I can go to him and say, oh, Lord, I need help. I need grace. I need mercy. I don't want to be like this. Thank you for what you've done. Keep doing it, Lord. Because I don't, I don't want to, I just, it shouldn't be, it should But you get the idea, right? So I'm using a point, you know, an illustration to talk about way deeper things in life. He gets us. And we need to go to him in the process. He's there to help us in our time of need. So he's not there to, to point out our weaknesses. He's not there to shame us. He's not there to point his finger at us and do those things. But he helps us with his mercy and grace. He wants us to grow in the process. That's his heart for us. He sympathizes with us. He gets us. It's an amazing thing about Jesus that I want you to make sure you know. Uh, in Christ, we have a great priest who, secondly, is seated at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. He's seated at the right hand of the majesty of heaven. The, the writer of Hebrews says this in chapter 8, verse 1. The point of what we're saying is this. We do have such a high priest who sat down at the right hand of the throne of majesty in heaven, who serves in the sanctuary, the true tabernacle set up by the Lord, not by men. And so the, the writer of Hebrews is saying, listen, Jesus went in and did what needed to be done all along. Everything back before that was a shadow of what was happening. And now the, the true tabernacle, the throne room of the living God, is, is uh, where Jesus is at the right hand of God. Remember, we've been invited there too in his presence and we're seated there in Christ. But, but here we have Jesus, our great priest, who you know, defeated death and rose again and is seated at the right hand of the majesty of God. And I, I want to make sure you, when you think about Jesus, that you, you have that image of him, you have that picture of him. Don't limit Jesus into some of the sort of ways that we, we, we sort of try and make Jesus more manageable. Sometimes, you know, we, we have a tendency to, to maybe, you know, sort of think about Jesus as a baby or, or maybe we think about Jesus, you know, as, as there on the cross. But, but understand, he, he didn't stay a baby. He grew up and, and he became the greatest person who ever lived. And he didn't stay on the cross. He defeated death and rose again. He sits at the right hand of the throne of God in majesty. And, and that's Jesus who's one day coming back for us and everything will change and every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. That's the Jesus that, that I want you to have on your mind. And as you think, he's there for you you and with you and for you. That's Jesus. 
and all that he's done for us. And, and no one was ever like him and no one ever will be. And all the, the priests that came before him were just a shadow of, of who he is and who he was and what he was going to do. And seated at the right hand of heaven is a picture of the, of the, the reality of the, of the Trinity, the, the persons of the Godhead in, in common union, um, you know, moving on our behalf in their holiness and righteousness is so, that, so that they can, you know, encourage us and move us on as redeemed people in the Lord. So that's what's taking place. And it's what I want you to think about at the throne room. This is this stuff going on. You know, we, we can't completely comprehend because we're so finite, but that we have an idea of what's taking place. And our great priest is there and because of him, because of Jesus, we're there as well. And, and we're the benefits of all that's taking place as God moves in our lives and on our behalf. And so I, I want you to have that thought and idea in the process. And in Christ, we have a great priest who is, thirdly, superior in every way. I've already been mentioning that. But in every way, uh, of, of all the, the priesthood that came before him, he's superior in every way. The writer of Hebrews says this in chapter 7, verse 26. Such a high priest meets our need. One who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens. Unlike other high priests, he does not need to offer sacrifices day after day. First for his own sins and then for the sins of the people. He sacrificed for their sins once for all when he offered himself. For the law appoints as high priests men who are weak, but the oath which came after the law appointed the Son, who has been made perfect forever. There's a lot in those few verses I want to cover about Jesus as we think about him and as we remember who he is and who our great priest is. And so, um, again, the writer of Hebrews, is, he wants us to marvel over the superiority of, of Jesus as priest compared to uh, all the Old Testament priesthood that came before him, which he came to replace. Little A in your thing is that he is sinless. Jesus is sinless. Verse 26, we have a high priest who's holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens. No one could ever say that before or since. He's sinless. Everyone else was sinful just like you and me, but not Jesus. He was tempted but never yielded to the point of sin. You need to know that about Jesus, our great priest, because um, uh, it's, it's important in, in what he was about to do and who he is. He was sinless. He gets what it's like to be us, but he never gave into it. But he understands us in the process. He lived a perfect life. Little letter B, he became a sacrifice. He became a sacrifice. Because he was sinless... He didn't have to first offer sins for himself, but instead could offer himself as a sacrifice. This is huge in what took place and why we have direct access now to God in him. Verse 27, he does not need to offer sacrifices day after day, first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people. He sacrificed for their sins once for all when he offered himself. So, so Jesus, you know, radically different from all the previous priests. Um, they had to deal with their own sins first and then, you know, could, couldn't really, you know, de- do away with sin the way Jesus has. But, but um, they, they just had to sort of, you know, make a sacrifice to try and cover it for another little season. But, but Jesus changed everything by, by being able to sacrifice um, uh, himself for all of us. And he did it, see, once and for all. That's the little letter C. His sacrifice was once for all. The end of verse 27, I read that. That, that word in the Greek is a great word, that once for all. And, and what it does is, uh, in effect, it, it makes Jesus the, the center of the history. Uh, um, uh, uh, you know, every work of God's grace 
before the sacrifice of Christ, looked to what would take place at the cross. And every uh, working of God's grace since the sacrifice of Christ looks back to um, th- that, that point in time for its foundation. So, so Christ is the center of history of grace. So when we talk about grace, it's always with Jesus at the center of it all and what he's done. And so when we think about his amazing grace, we, you know, th- we think about our great priest and what he's done for us to make it possible. Without him, there would be no grace. He's the center of grace uh, throughout history. Um, D, he was appointed by the oath. And I, I thought I, I just would mention that, that you know, everything that happened before, all the, the priests that came before were appointed by the law in their weaknesses and by genealogy. But, but Jesus comes as the high priest um, who came, you know, appointed the, the, loath, the oath appointed the son. The oath he's referring to is in Psalm 110, verse 4. The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Um, that priesthood existed before the law and, and um, was a picture of a perfect priesthood uh, and it was a type of Christ. And that psalm, Psalm 110, is a messianic psalm. Uh, in the first verse of Psalm 110, just so you know, it's base, is that Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. And, and the way that you would really read that because of the translation, it's the Lord God said to my Lord Messiah, sit at my right hand. And we started that in our verses today. That's where, where Jesus is now. So this is the process of what's taking place. So Jesus is the, the final high priest, the Messiah, the Son of God in the order of Melchizedek, not in uh, Levi or Aaron. Um, and he was installed by an oath, not by the law, which is passing away. And that E, his ministry is forever. Jesus' ministry is forever. Uh, The end of verse 28, appointed the Son who has been made perfect forever. See, Jesus never needs to be replaced. He has an indestructible life. And, And you need to remember that about Jesus, who he is and what he's done, that we have this great priest, Jesus, who came into the world as the Son of God. He lived a sinless life. He offered himself as a perfect sacrifice for the sins of his people. He rose to everlasting life at the right hand of the majesty of God and made a way for us. And he loves us and he prays for us and he understands us. He is great, beyond great in every way. So every day as you start your day, let's start thinking about those things together, these verses together. It's just a a wonderful way to start the day. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God. So all of that is in this passage is getting you set up for what comes next. And now there's a, there's a whole bunch of let us verses that we're going to look at over the next few weeks. I always think of them as the salad verses. Let us. It's just what I do. But anyway, because of that, there's all these great let us things taking place. And we're going to look at those in the weeks ahead. But just start with that. If you haven't started memorizing yet, listen, do it. Just, it's not too late. You can get those. They're real easy up to this point. Piece of cake, spend a little time, know what they mean, and then you'll have access to them through the week as, uh, as you gonna go out through your day. All right, that's where I'm going to end it. We're shooting video, right? You please, uh, thank you if you're watching my video. Website for prayer if you need it. God bless you. Come and visit. We'll see you soon. Well,